The following is a presentation of the Six Arrows Radio Network. Ham Radio 360 Podcast. It's cold outside. Means winter field day is coming up. We're going to learn all about it. Stay tuned. MTCRadio.com presents Ham Radio 360, the podcast, with your host, Kale Nelson. K4CDN. So welcome back in to the post-Christmas episode here on HamRadio360.com. I, I really kind of thought maybe I should take this week off, and, and I, I'm glad I didn't, because I, I wanted to come in here real quick on the front end of our show and welcome in if you've never been here before, by the way. I'm Kale. Uh, I want to say thank you for listening, and you and you, all of you, for listening and supporting us and encouraging us and being right there with us through every step that we've made here for this program. We have the best audience. Man, I, I can't even begin to tell you some of the things that my audience has done, you guys have done for us in the last two weeks. It's just been an amazing experience. The the, the antenna analyzer board sales are just stupid. <laughs> I had a listener... I, 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 I'm not going to go there. We have been so blessed by you guys, and thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you being here and uh, supporting us, encouraging us, and keeping us going. We're so excited about 2017. Man, it's going to rock, and we're, we're making plans already now for Xenia for four days in May, and we are just ready to keep on this, keep this train running. So grab a seat. We're going to have a lot of fun in 2017. Hey, speaking of the train running, this is the first year in about, I don't know, 10 or 12 years that I didn't have a train under my Christmas tree. I did things different in the house this year, and uh, I didn't bring a train in the house. Now, I'm a large-scale railroad uh, modeler. I've got a like a, a train out in my backyard. It's really cool. I hadn't, hadn't done much with it this year, and really mainly because the podcast is just keeping me so busy. But I, I was thinking about some things, you know, as Christmas was here and, and kind of looking around and things I didn't do this year, things I did I hadn't done before. And uh, it, it kind of was like, hey, this is a little little different vibe here, so let's keep going and uh, not change it up too much here on the show. But we do have a new sponsor, and we're really excited about it. Totally stoked to, and to welcome in, I guess on an official basis now, Elacraft is one of the show sponsors here and really excited to get them involved in what we're doing. It's not just going to be just a mention of a sponsor here on the show for Elacraft. They're going to be participating with us, guys, on a lot of different levels, and I know that you are really excited about that. There, there, there's a huge part of our audience who does the QRP, who does the the uh, the low-power radio, the, the adventure radio, the soda. Uh, Stuart did all the Napota stuff with the KX3 this year so really excited to kind of bring them in make them a part of the show and uh, I, I think it's going to be great so hope you are excited as well and don't let me forget to mention that you know a lot of people think that at Christmas time, uh, Black Friday, then Christmas, the week of, and you know, get the best deals on radio stuff. There's great deals to be had right now on radio gear, especially the new Kenwood TH74A Handy Talkie. Pick it up at MainTradingCompany.com. They've got all the Kenwood gear in stock. Some of the stuff you can't find anywhere else. They've got it. It's New Year's. Get the New Year's sale. Call Richard. Let him know you heard about him here on HamRadio360.com. They've been with us since before day one. It's MTCRadio.com. Give them a call. Yeah, I want to just say a very, very big welcome to Tom Phelps. His call is Whiskey Delta 8 Mike Bravo Echo. Tom is here with us to chat about Winter Field Day. Tom, welcome into the podcast, man. So happy to have you here. Thank you, Kale. Glad to be here and 
hope to tell everybody about Winterfield Day and the upcoming event that we're having. Well, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I've got uh, six or seven guys con- convinced and committed to come help me out to do my first Winterfield Day, and we're really excited about it. If I'm not mistaken, officially you say it's the last full weekend in January. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, it's January 28th and 29th. Uh, we officially start at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday and ends at 2 p.m. Sunday. Uh, and it's always the last full weekend in January. Cool, cool. Now, you guys, uh, just like the ARRL field day, is uh, is kind of batted around as a communications event for a possible emergency. That's kind of the same vein that this uh, winter field day is played in. Is that correct? Yes, it is. You know, um, everybody, you know, they're all hyped up about June field day, but disasters or emergencies can happen anytime, even in the middle of winter. And that's what we're kind of stressing is, you know, that we could have a natural disaster or something else, you know, catastrophe in the winter time, where it's more difficult to actually to operate and set up radio. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they say you get extra points in your lower standing wave when you do have to put up an antenna in, in the blizzard or something. So I don't know if that helps or not. <laughs> well, uh, it varies. You know, the official rules are on the, the website, winterfieldaid.com, uh, for the extra points and entries, categories, uh, what frequencies and everything that's available. Um, we've tried to keep it sort of in line with the ARRL field day, but yet keep it separate, you know, keep us uh, different. Um, if we're, we're constantly changing. We're fairly new at this. We've only taken over winter field day the past two years, and we're still in the somewhat learning stages, but uh, everything's developing real well. I've got a friend of mine named Keith, and uh, his call has eluded me, but he's a bicycle mobile guy as well. And uh, I saw some pictures a few years ago when he was operating winter field day with his grandsons in a tent in the middle of a snowy field, and I thought to myself, what in the world? would possess a man to set up now here's a guy from south carolina right what would possess a man to set up a tent in the middle of a snowstorm to operate a radio and and i didn't even realize that there was an event like winter field day uh it may have been the very first one since you guys kind of took it over there because it's only been about two years now i guess and uh but he loved it man he was online bragging about being out there with his grandsons and they had so much fun and and they stayed warm in their tent and i i was kind of floored i had no idea that such an event actually existed and that's one of the reasons i wanted to bring you on to the program now i know that y'all have had a lot of uh, y'all being the uh the winter field day board there you've had a lot of success and gotten a lot of traction with your facebook group for winter field day but there may be hundreds or thousands of people listening now that have never heard of the event but they're they've been uh, kind of sparked into an interest if you will so uh give us if you will give us a little taste of what we could expect for a winter field day well um i always want to compare it well not really compare it but have people think about summer field day putting up with the heat mosquitoes flies you know um some summers can be miserable, but now take the opposite of that, working out in the cold, uh, the challenges of working in the cold, uh, frozen coax, unreeling coax to set up an antenna, operating a radio with heavy mittens on so you don't freeze, um, keeping your, you know, cooking food, just basically staying warm, 
these are just some of the challenges of winter field day, and that could actually happen during an emergency situation. Uh, if, if you're sent somewhere to help a local community in the middle of the winter, are you prepared? I mean, a uh, simple thing like driving in a ground rod, is, is it going to be easy? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the little details of setting up radio communications, you know, we think of it so simple in the good weather. But what's it like when it's the ground's frozen and there's a, a foot of snow on the ground and the wind's blowing and the wind chills minus 10? Well, you know, has anybody really given this any thought on how to prepare for this type of situation? Right, right. Well, you know, yeah. that that's one of the things that I've kind of been thinking about as we plan to, to go out and to do the, the winter field day here in South Carolina. While, while we're talking right now, it's 35 degrees in South Carolina, which is quite cold for us. Uh, I know that there are other folks who have already had this temperature back in the fall, and they're much colder now with snow on the ground and, and freezing rain falling. But, um, you know, it, it's not just for folks like uh, Keith, who will go set up a tent in the middle of a field in the a driving snowstorm. And it's not uh, like folks who are like me and the, the guys we're, I'm going to operate with. We're going to set up inside a fire department here locally, just like we would do for a field day. Uh, there's also uh, an ability to operate from, from your house, from your shack, if you want to participate there as well. It's not just about having to do the emergency stuff if you don't want to, but you guys encourage that as well, I believe. Yes, we do. We encourage every amateur worldwide to participate, whether it be from your home, from your mobile unit, from your club station, from a tent set up in the middle of a lake, uh, get on the air, participate, um, break up that winter uh, doldrum, you know, the boring winter months and being cooped up indoors. Uh, it's just, how do I put it? The, the sense of belonging and participating to something in the middle of winter, it, it's quite different. And we've tried to add different things to make it a little bit more challenging and attractive for the the amateur radio operators out there. Uh, We have guys that operate mobile all the time during winter field day, but yet we have some that are working from their club stations. Uh, We've had guys set up a tent, and it's blown down in the winter months, but they've gone back out and set up and continued. So there's a variety of things, and it's, it's, it's fun. You know the camaraderie of amateur radio itself. It it can really it can really be a lot of fun. I can't repeat that enough. <laughs> you know, one of the I'm sitting here getting these mental pictures from you setting up a setting up a tent on a on a on a lake or a pond, and you know that's just so foreign to us here in the deep south. But to me, it's almost like you could have your own pretend mini de expedition to the Arctic if you're up in the north of the Great West and uh, be out there outside in it and participating with winter field day it'd be like it, you'd be on your own de-expedition right there in a whole nother world basically uh we have one guy eric he loves doing um oh um summits on the air and there's pictures of of amateur radio operators setting up by fire fire towers you know with snow on the ground yeah. um one of our committee members dave who is from north carolina i tease him because you know you say it's 35 degrees down there our wind chill up here right now is about minus 10, and I tease him about operating winter field day in shorts, you know, because he's from North Carolina, you know. So, but there's, you know, a variety of opportunities there, and just use your imagination. You know, where can you set up? You know, how much do you want to challenge yourself? 
you know, and if you just want to operate from home and have some fun, there's nothing wrong with that either. As long as you get on the air and participate. Very good. Very good. Yeah. And that's one of the things about it. It's wide open for everybody around the globe. It's not just a localized to the, to the, to the Americas here or to the North, you know, the North America continent. It's, it's open worldwide. And, uh, I, I gotta ask you because I had planned last year to, to participate and something happened. Life showed up and got in the way. But I'm curious, I know you had about 350 or some odd folks turn their logs in last year. I know there were more people than that operating, of course, because there's more than that on the air all the time. But I'm curious to know of uh, how many foreign stations, did you guys have a lot of foreign stations participating, calling in and uh, and checking in with the, the people activating for Winter Field Day last year? Yes, we had several, several. Uh, our Canadian neighbors quite a bit, they... They participated a lot. Uh, Europe, we had some Europe stations. It looks like we're going to have more European stations this year. Uh, like I said, our Facebook page has just grown, just, I mean, multiplied so fast. And that's not including the hams that aren't on Facebook. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I think our membership on Facebook is like 1,200. So if you add, say, another couple hundred we're talking, you know, 1,500 people or more yeah. that may participate. Uh, and, and this is a worldwide event. You, you know, one of the great things about this event, Tom, it, it comes in right at the end of the National Parks on the air chasing. So the folks who have been activating and chasing throughout this entire year celebrating the centennial birthday of the Park Service, now, you know, they, they've, they've gotten through Christmas, they've gotten through the first of the year, They've they've kind of come off their turkey buzz, if you will, and they're probably going to be sitting around in the shack or wanting to know, what am I going to do this weekend? And this is a perfect opportunity to light the airwaves back up to, to, to make the propagation happen with some heat. And that's going to be happening there at the end of January. It's the 28th and 29th. Is that correct? Yes, okay. January 28th and 29th. And like I said, our website is www.winterfieldday.com. Please check it out and read and, and understand our, our rules. Um, we have an option there that, you know, you can submit comments, questions, or even complaints, and we'll fill them the best we can. Um, you know, you were talking about, you know, uh, buzz and just kind of bring it to my mind is we've had a couple of people that were set up on a station and they ended up with a noise problem and they couldn't figure out what it was. Well, they had a portable heater or something in use that was generating the noise, you know, so yeah. that's something else, you know, that we're faced with, you know, trying to isolate a problem like that or keep from having a problem like right. that. And, and you know, that There's, stuff happens every day and it happens whether you're in an emergency or not and what, not a better way to kind of even sniff out RF problems in your house or wherever you're setting up. It could be the court seater. It could be your wife in there running the hairdryer. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and there, there's, there's so many different variables added into winter field day compared to the June field day, you know, and people just don't realize that, you know, they, there, there's more to it. Uh, yes, it is a challenge, uh, but it's fun, you know, and it's new experience. That's, that's my thing is it something new. I've set up in my driveway last year in a, a hunting blind with, <laughs> with a small heater. Everything was portable. But this year, I'm thinking of going to southern Ohio, sitting up in the middle of a cornfield. You know, my wife thinks I'm a little crazy, but <laughs> it's a new challenge, and I want to take that on. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, hey, you know, that's what it's about. It's really about challenging ourselves to see what we can do. I mean, isn't that what ham radio is about, making the next contact? And we know it's always a challenge to do that. Folks, we're chatting with Tom Phelps. His call is Whiskey Delta 8, Mary Bravo Echo. He's, uh, he's on the Winter Field Day board, and you can find him online at winterfieldday.com. It's all one word. Just type it in winterfieldday.com. They've got links there to their Facebook page as well. We'll have links, of course, at hamradio360.com in the show notes. I'm really, can you tell I'm excited about this event? I'm excited about it, and we're going to continue the conversation here in just a moment with Tom Phelps from Winterfield Day here on Ham Radio 360. Hi, Dan, KB6NU here. Whether you're studying for your tech license or looking to upgrade to general or extra, you should check out my no-nonsense amateur radio license study guides. Written in my easy-to-understand, no-nonsense style, they really are the easiest way to learn what you need to know to pass the test. And they are always up to date. The PDF version of the Technician Class Study Guide is free on my website at kb6nu.com podcast. And all my study guides are available in print, PDF, Kindle, and EPUB versions. Let me help you have more fun with ham radio. Go to kb6nu.com slash podcast and get started today. We're back with Tom Phelps, Whiskey Delta 8, Mike Bravo Echo from winterfieldday.com. It's all one word, and you just plug it into your Google or you can plug it in your search bar, winterfieldday.com. You need to be investigating this event. It's coming up at the end of January 2017 which is just like a month from when this show is airing. So we're really excited about to get this on here a month so that you guys have plenty of time. I could even figure out how to do it with my schedule with four weeks to plan. So Winterfield Day, the 28th and 29th of January 2017. Wow, that's even hard to say. But, Tom, welcome. We're, man, we're, I'm just so tickled to have you. We tried to do this last year. We just couldn't make it work, and that's okay. But, but it, this year's going to be even bigger, even better. And I've got some questions for you about – how the exchange works for Winterfield Day. Well, um, our new exchange, we changed it a little bit from last year. We had temperature in there. But our new exchange is um, the one person's call sign, of course, the other person's call sign. And then your class, whether you be like a, a one India, which is a one indoor, uh, two hotel, uh, which is two at home, you know, mm-hmm. two indoor would be like if you're, you're working from your club station, uh, the, the H which is home. It's if you're operating from home. So, um, you do that in your, your, uh, your category in your ARL section. Um, it's, it's a fairly simple exchange. We used to do the temperature, but that got a little confusing. So we did away with that. Right. And, um, uh, but that's basically it's sort of, sort of like the ARL exchange, but just different itself. I hope that. Okay. Well, I tell you what. Why don't we do this? Why don't we give the uh, the new listener here who's maybe never participated in field day before? What about if you gave me your end of the exchange if if you and I were doing a QSO for Winter Field Day? Um, I would say uh, this is WD8MBE. I am uh, one hotel. And then give my uh, ARRL section. Okay. And that would basically be it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. It's not too tough. Yeah. It's not too hard. No, we, 
we tried to keep it simple, and you know, like I said, we we had the temperature in there last year, and it got a little bit of confusing, and really didn't use it to score the log, so we could, we dropped that out of the the exchange itself. Well, that makes sense, you know, you know because. You know, those those uh, pesky Canadians will be up there with their Celsius temperatures, and who knows how to figure any of that out, right? <laughs> well, that, that's it. And then, you know, if you get some that aren't participating in winter field day, they're like, well, what do you need uh, the temperature for? Yeah, I, I, I don't mean, know, you know, man. But, <laughs> it's, yeah, it just adds a little bit of confusion to it. I'm so, in Miami. You know, it's, it's the sun is always shining in Miami. I don't know what the temperature is. Yeah, but we we have three primary categories for uh, an entry, and that's indoor, outdoor, and home, and they're all described in our rules page there. Right, and, and then, uh, well, go ahead. We, we want to make sure people get to the rules page because, uh, just like any contest, you've got rules, and uh, of course, that's winterfieldday dot com, and right across the top, it's got the rule tab there. You pull it down. You can't find it there. I'll have it on the website hamradio three sixty dot com, and uh, you know I've got some questions for you. And I saw a question posed in the Winter Field Day Facebook page earlier where a gentleman said, uh, how do I spot myself or is that, can I do that or can I not do that for Winter Field Day? So tell us a little bit about spotting, if you will. Okay. Uh, yes. One of my favorite people I've talked to many times, Bob, he asked if, if spotting networks are permitted. And the answer is no. Uh, we don't permit any spotting. Um Internet use is, is limited on what you can do uh, because in a real-time emergency situation, a lot of these things aren't going to be available. Right. You know, so it, it's basically get on the air and call QSO and, and make the contact without the inter- the use of the Internet there. All right. All um, right. That makes sense. What about, uh, what about DMR radio? Are you guys going to allow DMR radio? Uh, see, <laughs> I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm kind of an old, old ham, and I haven't really got into the new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, um, I'm not sure what the how to answer you that on that. Okay, um, okay. Well, it'd be like a fusion or a D star. You familiar with D star? Virtually the yes. I, DMR. I, I like to say the DMR is a poor man's D star. I get a lot of flack for that, but I'm still sticking to it because the radios are a hundred dollars a piece versus. $350 a piece. So that's that's where my no. poor man comment comes in. So how about D-Star? Are D-Star uh, connections available? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. In okay. fact, uh, the modes in the log, uh, one of them is uh, D-Star, uh, Moto Turbo, DMR, etc. Okay. Okay. These are all considered voice transmissions. Yeah. You know, um, I'm an old analog guy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Am I talking to Joe Walsh or is this Tom Phelps? know. <laughs> <laughs> What what can I say? It's it's kind of like the the new TV, digital TV. The signal's either there or it isn't, and yep. sometimes in ham radio it's the same way. Exactly. You know, and and I always felt that the analog signals, yes, it eats up more bandwidth, but the range was better than than digital stuff. Man, it's so, so, sometimes it's hard you know. to beat good old two meter simplex. You know, I mean, it's just That's it's it. hard to beat it. <laughs> yes. So, yes, okay, yes, so yes. so we know that we can't use any any type of spotting networks. Uh, so I, I get that, and that makes a lot of sense to me uh, because it just kind of well, I'll, I'll be very frank with you, Tom. When when I'm on the air here in the shack on HF, which is it doesn't happen as often as I'd like, uh, my spotting network is the VFO on the radio. Uh, but I live way down in the country, so internet is really not here for me. So I don't have the luxury of looking up and see who's where. 
So I've kind of gotten used to it, even as a, a younger ham. I mean, I'm 43 now. Um, you know, I still use the VFO as my as my uh, DX spotting device, and I'm I'm okay with that. That's what I use when I'm camping because I take my radio gear with me every time we go camping. Excellent. You know, there's no internet service at the campground we go to, mm. and I just tune the bands and listen for somebody calling, or I get on the one of frequency and I start calling. There you go. Um, that's my spotting network. <laughs> you know, the, the good old way. Yeah. You know, but. But um, well, t- hey, tell me. Get- speaking of speaking of that, let me just ask you this next question. Uh, talking about tuning the bands and finding somewhere, did you guys find a band that was hotter last year? Not, and and I know that, that the conditions will vary. Uh, but what was a more popular band last year for Winter Field Day? Uh, Twenty meters was the, the big, big, yeah, excellent. Uh, Forty meters comes in second, a uh, heavy second, but. Uh, the other one's kind of in, not only were the band conditions not the greatest, but also a lot of people, you know, were shutting down at night. Yeah. Uh, either because of the cold or they were at home and just said, I'm tired and going to bed, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, 20, 20 meters was like the heaviest used, okay. you know. But uh, the list of frequencies are on the, the rules page there, uh, suggested frequencies to listen for uh, people uh, participate in the end of winter field day. That way you don't have to go searching so much yeah. around the bands, you know, looking for other entries or, or contacts. I got you. You know, and that kind of, that kind of helps out. What you about, know. uh, what about, uh, pileups? Did you guys have any pileups last year during winter field day? None that I ran across. Well, <laughs> there for a little bit, we, we tried something different again, Last year was kind of a learning stage. We had a bone, two bonus stations going on, one for phone, one for CW. Mm. I was running the phone bonus station, and I got some pileups, but then they died off real quick. Ah. And the bonus thing just kind of added confusion to the logging thing, so that's another item that we did away with in this year's contest, Jim. So okay. just, just to lessen the confusion. Yeah, yeah. You know. And one thing I need to stress while we're on the rules page is that I handle all the log scoring and everything uh, last year, and I ran into several problems with different formats. I, I have to express that the logs must be submitted in Cabrillo format. Okay. It makes it so much simpler when I'm scoring the logs instead of having to go through every entry line by line by hand. Mm. So, Yeah, and it yeah. was just 300 entries last year. And we're looking at least double, maybe triple of that. Nobody wants to do that. So make yeah. sure you follow all the rules, especially those regarding your logging, which I'd like to talk about real quick here because, you know, some, some guys, well, I mean, goodness gracious, can we go on an Internet forum without having a logging question asked? Now, we did a logging show maybe about a year or so ago, and we talked about different forms and different types of logging. Uh, is there a preferred logging program that works best with what you guys do with Winter Field Day? Well, I have my favorite, and there are several others that are kind of agree with me, and that's Scott's uh, N3FJP logging program. Uh, Scott has worked very close with us on, on revamping the logging software for Winter Field Day and, and provides a very good summary output and everything that's required to submit your log, you know, for scoring. Right. Uh, also, N1MM. Uh, they recently worked with us 
on on helping score Winter Field Day because one of the contestants from Canada had a problem with the program, and the the group from N1MM worked with us and got that resolved. Um, there are other logging programs out there, W3KM. Um, I haven't worked with that one for a while. Uh, I'm trying to get with him and the other programmers to make sure that they have the new set of rules and that whoever uses whatever logging program is it's compatible with what we need when they submit their logs. Right. And that's um, the key to the whole thing is the submission being compatible. Yes. Yes. Because I've, I had some last year that they'd send me an email and the log itself was part of the email mm. and, and I'd have to print it out and go down line by line, oh you know, hand-checking everything. And that just, it's very time-consuming. <laughs> it it's very time-consuming. And the thing about it is, is that you guys are you guys are doing this on on pro bono. I mean, you're doing this out of a love for the hobby and a love for the event. This is not like a, hey, let's make $4,000 this year doing an event. This is blood, sweat, and tears off of your own back. Yes, yes, you know, and and we, we enjoy it. Yes, we are all volunteers. There's a committee of five, um, and we are all volunteers, you know, giving up our time in that. And we don't mind that. Mm-hmm. We just ask that everybody kind of cooperate and read the rules and understand them. If you have a question, submit it to us, and we'll try and ask answer it the best we can. Um, i got to tell you, I caught a little bit of flack from my wife because I'm a truck driver by trade. I'm, I retired back in 92 from the Air Force. But I'm a truck driver now, and I drive three, four days out of the week. I would take logs with me on the road, and when I got on in the motel at night, I'd be scoring logs. You know, and she says, "You need to get rest." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, but this also needs to be done." So, yeah. you know, but um, it's a labor yes, of love. And, it's a labor of love. Yeah, that, really, you know, and I like a good challenge in yeah. in scoring the logs, answering questions the best I can. You know, that's all part of the challenge, yeah. you know, and um, I, I'm 63, <laughs> and I continue to want to be challenged with different things. And that's one reason why myself and the others got involved in Winter Field Day, to keep it alive and going. You well, know, and, um, you know, to that point, that's that's an excellent point because, you know, there's a lot of guys and gals who, who – who, are amateur operators, they don't participate um, in the planning of the an event or they don't participate in the basically picking up the trash when the event's over. They're in the event participating and then they're out. And sometimes it seems uh, you'll have people that just don't understand what it takes to do something like this. And, uh, you know, there, there are people who have a gift to, to handle these things and there's people, there's people who, who don't have that gift and that's okay. Uh, but folks, now's the time. You've got four weeks from today, four weeks in a day from today, to get your rules understood for Winter Field Day. And if you have a question, like a, like like Tom said already a couple of times, and and we'll have the links, of course, in the show notes. But they have a marvelous Facebook group. If you're not on Facebook, that's okay. You can still go there and read. You don't have to participate. You can read what they're saying, or you can go to the Field Day page, which is WinterFieldDay.com and get all the links there and all the rules. We're going to keep talking to Tom Phelps about this. This is going to be a great event. I am really, really excited. You guys know that I don't get excited about a lot, but I'm excited about this. It's winterfieldday.com. Tom's call is Whiskey Delta 8, Mary Bravo Echo. We'll be back with him in just a moment here on Ham Radio 360.
We're going into the new year. I'm still thinking about maybe a potential addition to an all band, all mode radio here in the shack. I don't have one of those. I mean, I'm kind of like feeling left out because I don't. I'm really leaning against that 7100 from our friends at ICOM. Yeah, you know, it's it's all bands, all modes. It's got D Star built into it. It's it's simple, easy to make computer connections, do digital work. If you're looking for an all band, all mode, 100 watt rig. I want to encourage you to check out the ICOM IC7100. You can find it down at mtcradio.com. Let them know Kel sent you. They'll give you the best deal, man. Free shipping on all orders, most all orders, above 100 bucks. And uh, Richard will go out of his way to make it happen for you. Let them know. You heard about them here on Ham Radio 360. It's mtcradio.com. Hey, we're going to come back here with Tom Phelps, Whiskey Delta 8, Mike, Bravo Echo. You can find Tom on Facebook if you'd like. Uh, he, he wants you to go check out winterfieldday.com, and it's all one word spelled out, winterfieldday.com. This is a wintertime emergency communications event just very, well, I can't say just like, but it's very similar to what you may have heard about field day. Maybe you're a brand new ham. You've never participated in field day. Maybe you're kind of excited at the prospect of people all over the world trying to communicate with some guy sitting on a frozen pond in the middle of some Northwestern state in the United, I mean, maybe even Canada. Oh, we got people going to be all over the world communicating with one another for this one event. And we're really excited about it. I am very excited about it. Tom, let me tell you one of the reasons I'm really excited about it. I've got some friends, some guys who, who've been licensed for a couple of years, but maybe they haven't had, and really a lot of them haven't had a lot of time on the air, on HF making contacts. And to, for me, it, it's one of those things that once you get on the air on HF and you kind of see that happening in real life, you're participating in it. Man, does it fire you up or what about HF operations? Now, these guys are generals and technicians, and one of the cool things about it is from where our planning has gone thus far, we're looking at three HF stations set up in a fire, in a fire station, uh, and, and hopefully we're going to be able to run two operator, or, you know, an operator and a logger together. Uh, but, but I really want to see my friends, my buddies, operate these HF radios to the extent that they can to kind of get that feel for what they've been missing by not being on HF. And, and, you know, whether, like, you know, I've heard you say, if you just got licensed yesterday, maybe you don't even have a license, but you can go and operate with a, a licensed amateur operator and kind of get a feel for what this thing is about. Man, it's, it's just wide open for somebody new coming into the hobby. It is. It's, it's wide open to everybody. Uh, like Dale was saying, even if you don't have a license, get with somebody that is. Uh, you can still operate radio as long as they're with, with you. Get the feel for it, the, the enthusiasm, the excitement that we feel as older hams. Um, whether you have what we call a boat anchor, a tube operator radio, or a fancy modern solid-state radio, get on the air. That's the main thing. Uh, these new hams, they're thinking, well, no, I can't participate in this. You know, I've never done this. There's always a first time for everything. Yeah. Get on the air. Our our people out there are very friendly. They'll work with you. They'll understand and walk you through the exchange or whatever else you need. They just be glad to hear you on the air participating for the first time. Help you get the feel for the radio and enjoying the hobby itself like we all enjoy it. Yeah, and you know that's one of the cool things about a contest event is that 
Uh, it's just magic, I guess, or maybe everybody's heating the ionosphere up with their signals, but there's always a contact. Uh, and the bands can be bad at places. I get that. They've been bad for a year or two. But still, even on contest days, there's it just seems to bring them out, man. They want to come out and they, they want to make those contacts. So if you're a new licensed ham, Maybe you're somebody that's interested in the hobby. You're participating with your local club, trying to get get in to get your license. Man, find out if somebody, either your club or somebody that you're in the club with, is participating Winter Field Day, and and, and make it happen. Go help. Go get involved, and and make this good event even greater than it was last year because. There's going to be a load of people on the air wanting to make that contact with you. And, and Tom, i got to tell you, man, I'm really excited at the thought of my buddy. i got a friend of mine who we've been friends for 20-plus years. He's really excited. Well, I can say this now because it's, it's post-Christmas, but he, he got a ham radio for Christmas, and he's not even a licensee. He's studying, but he's, he told his wife, I want a ham radio for Christmas. So she got him a, nice, a really nice mobile radio to get him in his car and get it going. And and I said, hey, you've got to come down and do Winter Field Day with us. We've never done this before, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and you'll get to meet some of the guys that, that are local here to us, working together to try to make this thing happen. And, and I'm so excited and looking forward to seeing him sit down in front of these HF rigs and start making contacts with people all around the world on Winter Field Day. I mean, that that's just exciting to me. Well, and watching the reaction, the expressions of these new hymns, when they make their first QSO, uh, it, it's just, it's wonderful. I mean, you know, they're, they're so excited. Uh, the adrenaline's going. They're like, I never thought I'd be able to do this, <laughs> you know, and, and you can. Uh, I know hams that they love to build kits, QRP kits and other kits, but they don't get on the air. Mm. Put, those, put those kits to use. Get on the air, whether it be QRP or full-blown station. The main things get on the air. Yeah, and, make and, a QSO, <laughs> and the opportunity is going to be there. We know we're yeah. going to be on air Winter Field Day, the twenty eighth and 29th of January. And hey, you know, and it's not just about the new hams. It's just like you're saying. Uh, of course, we kind of slant toward the new ham here a little bit. Uh, we uh, did, especially back in the you know the early days of the program. But as as I've grown, our our audience has grown, and our experience level has grown. It's not just about the new ham. We're excited that new hams have an opportunity here in the middle of winter when nothing fun is happening. It's cold everywhere. Uh, but at the same time, you could be you could have been a licensee for the last thirty six years, and this is a great opportunity to uh, you know to cut the reruns off and get on the air yourself. Yes, you know, and there's new hams out there that are getting into the hobby, they're looking at satellite communications, uh, satellite QSOs. Now, we're kind of limited on, on what you can do during field day this year, but AMSAT of North America has contacted us and expressed concern about satellite QSOs. Uh, they'd like to see something change. So this is something that we're going to look at maybe for next year. And for those new hands, Hams are the, the ones that have been an amateur operator for a long time. This might spark some interest in them that, oh, hey, I'll be able to make more satellite QSOs, right. you know, uh, during an event like this. So there's many opportunities. And like I said, we're still somewhat in the growing stage and, and the redevelopment stage. Uh, we just ask people to be patient with us. Submit your your comments, your ideas, your complaints. We we feel them all and answer them the best we can. Yeah. But the main thing is whether you're a new ham or had your license for 
eons, <laughs> get on the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get on the air as often as you can, especially on the weekend of January 28 and 29, 2017. Man, it's going to be a great time. It's called Winterfield Day, and again, you can find all the information at winterfieldday.com. We've been chatting with Tom Phelps. This call is Whiskey Delta 8, Mike Bravo Echo. And, and Tom, you don't listen to the show, and, and, and I am not at all offended by that, but it was kind of funny because one of my last shows that I recorded um, a few weeks back, one of the very last things I said, I said, I, I'm, I'm really trying to get a show for you guys about Winterfield Day. And if anyone out there knows Tom Phelps, get him to call me. I'm trying to get him scheduled for an interview. And, and I was like, well, Tom doesn't listen, so that's okay. But I said it, and, and, and this, is, this is the God-honest truth. It was, I said that during the recording of the post-production of the show, I posted the program to the Internet for people to begin downloading the next morning. And then about, I don't know, lunchtime that afternoon, I got an email. Tom Phelps has scheduled an interview. And I was like, man, that is crazy. Somebody must have called Tom. But <laughs> I think it was just timing. You know, your job and my job, we just, you know, we've got conflicting schedules at time. But I'm really excited to have you on. And I'm really excited about the event Winterfield Day. So I know that we have uh, audience members here who have participated in Winterfield Day for years. And it, it's not necessarily a brand new event, but it's one that, that kind of needed a little resurrection. Can you can you give us just maybe the five minute story on the history of Winterfield Day? Well, Winterfield Day was actually suggested and created back in two thousand six by a group called Spar, uh, cited for, for the preservation of amateur radio, and it took off for a while. And they had a forum and set up rules and everything. And their first annual field day was back in two thousand seven. But because of different personal issues and, and things of the, the SPAR committee, Winterfield, they just kind of went by the wayside. Uh, they just couldn't keep up with it. Mm. So myself and others stepped in and said, you know, we're willing to help you guys out or we're willing to take it over for you. Well, they eventually turned it over to us and we revamped the rules and, and a few other things. And we're bringing it back to life. But I wanted to thank Walt, W5ALT, and Charlie, KY5 Uniform. Those two were an inspiration. Uh, I've communicated with them a lot about Winterfield Day and, and us taking over responsibility and rebuilding it. And they, they were very supportive of it. Um, Walt had a stroke a while back, and he was... He was the main overseer of Winterfield Day and that. So we were glad to help continue something that him and Charlie had created. Excellent. And, and you've got a team as well. It's not just Tom Phelps, Mr. Winterfield Day. Tell us a little bit about the team that you guys have established, because I know it stretches across borders. Yes, it does. Um, of course, I'm here in Ohio, central Ohio. Bill, uh, Victor Echo 3 CLQ, uh, he's from Canada. Eric is from Tennessee, uh, WX4ET. I think he's changed his call sign. I'd have to double check out. Dave, who is from North Carolina, uh, Whiskey 3 Delta Echo Tango. And Ken, who's from up in Michigan, uh, Nancy 8 Kilo Charlie. Those are the committee members, you know. And if you have any questions, you can contact any of us five, and, and we will try and answer any questions that you know, anybody might have. 
Yeah, yeah. And guys, if you're wondering about how to contact them, we're going to have the links, of course, in our show notes. And I say that every every time we have a program here. If you ever have any questions about what we're talking about on the show or how to get in contact with one of the guests, if you'd like a further explanation of something, the, it's so easy. I, I know that you're probably listening to this on your Apple iPhone. It appears that about 75% of our audience listens through an Apple iPhone. That's okay. I'm an Android guy. But... I can tell you, if you go to hamradio360.com, not only do we have the link to our Android and iOS apps, the availability there to listen to listen to the show, we also have all the show notes at hamradio360.com. And if you come in within the first five or six weeks, the shows are running across the top in the banner, and you'll see the one winter field day. Click on it. We'll have links, photographs. Uh, we'll have uh, ways to get you to their Facebook page as well as their forum over there to ask questions. We'll get you to the uh, the right addresses to address your questions. Look, we've got about four weeks before Winter Field Day kicks off. And I want to continue the conversation with Tom here in the next segment. If you'll stay tuned, we'll be right back. It's KLK4 CDN with Tom Phelps, Whiskey Delta 8, Mike Bravo Echo of WinterfieldDay.com. Ellacraft. Their tagline is Hands On Ham Radio. Yeah, ask our friend Stuart about Hands On Ham Radio. Activating over 400-plus parks here for the Napota big happening with the National Park Service this year in the ARRL. He was out there with a KX3 making it happen. If you're looking for a portable rig, a fantastic flagship rig for your shack, check out our friends, Ellacraft.com. We're back with Tom Phelps, Whiskey Delta 8, Mike Bravo Echo here talking about Winter Field Day. And guys, winterfieldday.com. We want you to be involved in this event. I, I don't know how, but I can envision this kind of becoming something we're a part of here at hamradio360.com every year because I am really excited about this show. I bought my very first band pass filter. I need two more, by the way, but uh, to, to get the collection going. But I'm really excited about this event coming up. It is January 28, 29 of 2017 that is even hard to say nowadays well i can't believe that that we've made it this far but but tom i want to talk to kind of go back in time here in our conversation uh when we first started the conversation we were talking about having winter field day practicing for an emergency in the midst of the winter time you know superstorm sandy it made a mess up the east coast a couple of years ago and and i know that you guys had a big power outage over in ohio uh a brownout blackout kind of situation what are some other opportunities that you've seen for amateur radio operators to operate in the wintertime in case of an emergency? Well, uh, the blizzards we've had so far out west and midwest, uh, you know, they've lost power of communications out there. There's been uh, al- already, even during the cold season, tornadoes and that uh, outbreak of bad weather where amateur radio operators come into play to help provide emergency communications. So not only in the nice summer warm months, emergencies happen in the winter months, and that's something that we're stressing. Something that we want to practice is operating or setting up and operating emergency communications during the winter months uh, in, instead of in the nice climates of summer. Yeah. You know? Less than ideal con- conditions. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know that's what you guys are shooting for here with this event. Yes, yes, that's exactly it. And and people need to understand there's a lot more to setting up for a winter operation. Uh, When you have the time on your hands, just sit down and and think about things that you 
you would have to do differently from summer field day in, in case of a disaster or, or, or a natural uh, event or something. That, mm-hmm. You know, we have to provide emergency communications. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking you know, the other day, uh, I, I need to buy some coax for our operating stations. And I said, well, you know, I could get LMR 400. I could get our G8X. I could get 58. Uh, 8X would probably be a lot easier to handle in the cold than an LMR type 400 cable. Uh, you know, uh, but yes. because like you mentioned very early on, I mean, coax, most of it gets really stiff when it gets cold. And, you know, you're going to have that in the back of your car for three or four days in preparation of, of going out and setting up for winter field day. Man, it's going to be like unrolling a brick when you get to where you're going. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, and not only the coax, but the, the other aspects of it, you know, uh, setting up a portable antenna uh just simple radio operations, uh, punching a, a frequency into a radio with a pair of heavy gloves on, yeah. uh, keeping your ears warm if you have headset on. Little details like this people don't realize until they actually go out there and operate under less ideal conditions. Yeah. You know, we're not saying that everybody has to go out and set up in a tent, you know, in the middle of a, a field covered with snow, <laughs> but even operating from home. If you were to lose power during the, the winter months, what would you do to get back on the air and help provide communications if needed? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, earlier I was listening to a uh, – it was a, a, a YouTube video of uh, Annette that was live during the, the big fires they suffered through in the Gatlinburg area of Tennessee, Sevier County, Tennessee, a few months ago. And, uh, you know, th- those folks were losing power on their telephones. They were the, the cell towers were going down. The Internet was crashing all around them. And, you know, those things we just take for granted. Um, and, and, you know, there were there were quite a few ham radio operators who lost power, who lost the ability to communicate uh, with their home stations. Uh, but but there were some guys out there who were who were picking up the slack and, and doing the best that they could to keep things going and keeping people aware of what was going on in their area. And, you know, not that we're going to be passing traffic and, and welfare reports here on Winter Field Day, but it's an excellent opportunity to continue to hone the craft of amateur radio and, and, and doing it in the wintertime. That's it, exactly. Uh, a friend of mine, you know, which I mentioned earlier, Eric, who's from Tennessee, uh, they had several emergency nets set up during the wildfires in that. And then the weather down there wasn't the greatest, Mm-mm. you know. So it, it could happen to us up here, you know, a, a massive power outage or, or a natural catastrophe of some sort. It could happen anywhere at any time. And so we, we must be prepared for any conditions. And that's what we're stressing with winter field day. Yeah, yeah, not just summer soldiers. We're, we're trying to get out there and work all the year through. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. You know. Well, well, Tom, besides telling people we want them to go visit winterfieldday.com, is there anything that we might have uh, needed to toss in here at the end as a, as a final uh, salute to the folks who we hope are taking this call to action to get out and operate this, this year? Don't become a couch potato. <laughs> get, get on the air. You know, uh, a lot of people complain that there's nothing going on in the wintertime, and, and we can't do this, can't do that. Yeah. Go do something. Get yeah. motivated, self-motivated. Talk to us. We'll help you with any questions, any problems, whatever. Main point is get on the air and, and help practice 
emergency communications during the winter months. Um, I, I don't know how else to express this in, you know, any more in detail other than participate, participate, participate. Yeah. It's, it's very important. You know, and, and going back to one of the points made earlier is we've got a month right now to plan for this event. So you've been given 30 plus days to get your gear together. You, you've got plenty of time to go through the rules and find out any questions that you may need answered. Uh, get your logging program picked out and what you want to use to, to be able to, to communicate with the winter field day board at the end. And guys, they are there. They are waiting for your, your questions. If you've got them, they can answer them for you. They're growing this event and they're doing it through interaction with people who are involved in the event. So I want to encourage you again, winterfieldday.com. Go by hamradio360.com if you need to. We'll have the link there. We'll also have the links to their Facebook group, which is full of a lot of great people, by the way. Uh, we have a, we share a lot of the same friends, I guess you call them, there on Facebook with, with our show page and, and the Winterfield Day page. And uh, it's really cool, like you said, because it's really taken off knowing that the event is getting closer. So there's going to be more and more people on the air this year. And, guys, just make sure you get your stuff figured out before you get there. And you know what? If, if you're that kind of guy that just doesn't, just get on the air on Winterfield Day, and, and we'll help you get it all figured out, right? Yes, we will. You know, uh, please, if you have any questions, comments, even complaints, email them to us. Uh, we will answer them as quickly as possible. Uh, we just can't express our enthusiasm about this event, you know, much more. We just it's very important and it can be a lot of fun, yeah. you know, get on the air. Exactly. And guys, if, if you do have questions, you can go to the winterfieldday.com website. They've got contact links there. They've got the rules. They've got it all broken down for you. I've, I've even got a really good understanding of how to, how to make it work this year. So I'm excited and, and can't wait to get with my buddies and get on the air as well. Tom Phelps, thank you so much for coming in guys. Again, winterfieldday.com. Well, I want to thank Kale and, and Ham Radio 360 for having us on the air here, and and we do appreciate the time, and we hope everybody you know will be on the air for Winterfield Day 2017. It's going to be a blast, January 28, 29, 2017. If you have further questions, remember HamRadio360.com or WinterfieldDay.com, and they've got all the rules, the contacts, connections, and everything you need to get on the air for winterfieldday.com. Tom, thanks for coming in. We'll uh, chat with you after the event to catch up with how things went. All right. Thank you, Cal. So I can't tell if, you, if you're if you excited, uh, but but I'm excited about Winterfield Day. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, man, why are you so excited about Winterfield Day? I think it's because I'm going to get to hang out with some of my buddies I don't normally get to hang out with. And in addition to that, we're going to be operating together, which we don't normally get the opportunity to do. So I'm really stoked about Winterfield Day. Can you tell? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's like a month and a day away from the release of this show. So let me encourage you to go check out their website again, winterfieldday.com. All one word, winterfieldday.com. We'll have links, of course, in our website at hamradio360.com. I want to encourage everybody to get out there and participate. You don't have to go out and, and sit in the snow, man. Get Go in your shack and turn your rig on, man. Just, just talk to us. We're going to be having a good time. We're, I think we're going to try to operate at least 20, 40, and 80, uh, maybe some 220 on FM as well as some 2 meters simplex. So we'll see. Uh, we haven't nailed all of that down yet. But they get the coax ordered, and, and I've got some bandpass filters as well. So we're, we're all excited, especially Kill. And uh, just thank you again, Tom Phelps, for coming on winterfieldday.com. If you need to know more information, that's where you'll find it. 
Now, I do have a story I want to tell you, but you're going to have to wait till the end of the music, and I'm going to put it in there. So let me just say this. If you don't have time for the story, it's okay, but we appreciate you having time for this show and hope you come back with us next week with George and Jeremy as we continue our adventures in the Workbench Podcast. God bless every one of you. Thank you so much for listening. Until next year, 73, y'all. Thank you for listening to Ham Radio 360, brought to you by mtcradio.com. For more information about the program, visit hamradio360.com. Till next time, 73s, y'all. All right, guys, uh, I promised a story, and, and I've got one for you. <laughs> this, is, this is a good one. Oh, I kind of teased this on our Facebook page. If you're not there uh, in your own Facebook, we'd like to invite you to come over. If you're not a Facebook user, and look, I'm not mad at you. I, I was not a Facebook user until I started this program, and I use Facebook to communicate with our audience. I'm not on there with my friends and family. Well, you're my friends. I'm talking about you know high school people. They're on there trying to follow me around, I guess, but they're not getting a whole lot of anything but ham radio. Sorry. Maybe I'll encourage some of them to get their license. Uh, I'm not on there talking about my kids. I know some people do. Hey, man, I, you know, I'm not judging you. I just don't use it for that and uh, i use it strictly for our friends here at the ham radio 360 podcast now why am i telling you that well th- that kind of ties into this when we did a contest a few weeks ago main trading company sent me a tyt md380 dmr handy talkie we gave it away congratulations um we also had some toboggans and stuff we wanted to give away from the swag store we gave away some double a boards lois was really excited lois thank you for your kind note uh lois wasn't the only one that contacted us but man she she she's kind of like me she lives out in the nowheres of new york state she listens to our podcast she was listening to our podcast washing dishes now i listen to podcasts all the time washing dishes so i can just see this in my mind's eye lois is washing dishes and she hears me give her (laughs) an analyzer board she was totally excited thank you so much lois for letting us know the story behind that and listening all right so we gave away antenna analyzer boards we gave away stickers patches toboggans that's what we call them here in the deep south uh knit caps if you're somewhere else Uh, we also gave away the tyt handy talkie and kb 6 and you was so kind to give us two uh general class licensee no-nonsense study guides now what we wanted to do with that was to give those to someone who was a technician to encourage them to study to get their general class license here in the upcoming new year now you would think that would be easy you know uh dan says hey kale i'll give you two books and sends the books to me and then i put them in an envelope and mail them well it's a little more complicated than that because i really screwed up what happened was the the emails that you guys submitted okay so you sign up for the email list and i take those names and every one of them is assigned a number then i i count how many i have uh, it's like 400 or something and i go to a random number generator and type in you know one two four hundred something whatever it was five no it's 500 533 i don't maybe it was 533 anyway I take those numbers, and then I, I randomize some numbers. I, I had seven or eight things to give away. I take the random numbers, apply them back to the email list, and I get winners. Now, most everybody had their call sign on there with who they were, right? So uh, I just was able to go to QRZ.com, look up their call sign, and get their mailing address, put the stuff in the mail. Now, <laughs> here's where it gets funny. The winner, One of the winners of the... Give the giveaway for the guide, the study guide, the no nonsense study guide from KB6NU was a guy named Matt Golden. How did I know that? Because his email had his name in it, but there there was no call sign there. So 
smart Kale, instead of sending him an email and saying, hey, Matt Golden, give me your email, give me your mailing address and your call sign. I was like, I, I got this. I'll go to QRZ.com. I'll find a Matt Golden and I'll send him this stuff. Is like, hey, if you didn't hear it yet on the show, here's your surprise. So I go to QRZ.com and I type in Matt or Matthew Golden and I find a, a guy whose call is Kilo Echo Zero Charlie Sierra Bravo. That's Matthew Golden from Missouri. And that's who I announced as our winner on the program. All right. So it's on the show notes. I announce it verbally during the show that Matt Golden from, I guess it's Kearney or Kearney, Missouri, Kilo Echo Zero, Charlie Sierra Bravo won the giveaway for the, uh, the study guide. And it just so happens that this guy, Matt Golden, happens to be a technician class licensee. Cool. Because he needs to upgrade to general if he wants to. And, and I'm going to provide this guy from, from Dan to help him get there. So uh, I, I think <laughs> this, it gets crazy, guys, all right? So I get the, uh, I get the address for this thing. The, the guides were a couple of days late getting here than everything else, so I had to wait a few, few days to mail them. And that's not a big deal at all because I can still get it to them before Christmas. I get them at the post office, and I rush back down to the farm, and I get everything filled out, get them stuffed in the envelopes, and I mail it. But what happened? Uh, Kale, oh man, he, he mailed it to the wrong guy. Uh, I actually mailed it to a gentleman who had already won a package that I'd already mailed it to him, K9EMD. And uh, I was like, are you serious? When I realized what I had done about two o'clock in the morning, I woke up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I did this wrong. I mailed Matt Golden's package to the K9EMD. And he's up that way, but he's not, he's not, he's not the guy supposed to get it. He's already got his package, right? So I had to send him an email saying, hey, I sent the another winner's package to you. When you get it, will you kindly forward it on to Kilo Echo Zero Charlie Sierra Bravo? He is in Missouri, and he was supposed to receive that. Yeah, no problem, Kel. I'll take care of it for you. I was like, well, that's cool, man. Thank you so much. So, you know, I feel like a complete heel and I love being transparent and real with you guys. So I get on Facebook and I'm like, hey, I'm just going to embarrass myself and tell you what I just did. This is where it continues to get better. One of our listeners that's been with us a very long time is a guy named Matt Golden. He's the guy that, you know, I'm out here assuming won the package that we're trying to mail that I mailed to the wrong guy, right? So I call Matt out. He's a 911 operator. He's been listening probably from day one or really close to. He's been around a long time. I call him out on Facebook and say, Matt, I am, I am so sorry I mailed your package to another guy, but he's going to forward it to you. And he's like, oh, great. So we, I email him just to verify that I've got the correct email address. Matt Golden tells me, Kel, that's not my mailing address. And I said, well, what's your call, Matt Golden? Matt says his call is November zero Zulu Oscar Juliet. Now that's nothing like the KE zero call. I just read a moment ago. Matter of fact, there are two Matt Goldens in QRZ.com's database. One of them is in Kansas city. The other is in Missouri, <laughs> Kansas city, Kansas. The other one's in Missouri. <sighs> yeah. So not only did I mail and I announced the wrong winner. Okay. Then I mailed it to the wrong guy to send to the, wrong guy then i go back on facebook and say hey I, I i sent it to the wrong guy but you're still gonna get it and i, I didn't even send it to him yet does this is anybody following this because it's kind of confusing to even explain but i gotta tell you this because it's just been hilarious this is my life this is this is kale's life right here so i contact matt golden in kansas city who was the guy who was supposed to win and i say matt golden 
you're not K-E-0 Charlie Sierra Bravo. Nope, that's not me. I am November 0 <laughs> Zulu Oscar G. I can't say these zero, these zero calls mess me up. All right, I'm like, okay, so I got to fix this. So I've got one package going to the wrong guy who's going to have to mail it to the other wrong guy. Now I've got to make another package. I've got it in the mail now. I had to put another package together to send to the right guy who I thought was not even there. I, I You see what I did? I, I, this is what happens to me when I get ahead of myself. And uh, it's taken me almost 10 minutes to explain it to you. And, and thank you for your time, by the way. This, is, this was too much to type. So to recap, I chose a Matt Golden for a winner randomly through the giveaway. I looked it up in QRZ, found the wrong Matt Golden, okay, and uh, sent it to the wrong guy completely, who's going to have to forward it to the wrong winner. And then from here in South Carolina, I'm sending again a package to the correct winner. <laughs> Guys, this is this is the fun. This this It may sound crazy. It may sound frustrating. It's not. I love you guys, and I love sharing stuff like this with you from behind the scenes. This is my life. This is this is just a further example of how Kale, doing all he's doing, uh, figures out a way to screw something else up. So I, I hope you enjoyed my story. It's real. Matt Golden, if, you, if you're here with us now, Kilo Echo Zero, Sierra Charlie Bravo, we're really excited to have you. We hope that uh, you'll sign up for our, our mailing list. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Matt Golden, November Os- November Zero, Juliet, Oscar Juliet, we appreciate you having listened for so long as you did. Thank you again for your service to your community through 911. Uh, K9AMD, who did the forwarding for us, uh, thank you again for your service there in the guard. We appreciate you uh, taking care of us here in the States. Guys, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Uh, thank you for not making me type it. I don't think that I could have. And um, God bless you. Happy New Year. I'm looking forward to 2017 with you. Thank you so much for everybody that supports us, for listening, for being here and taking care of us. And we'll see you next time. 73, y'all.